This is The Legal Impact, the weekly show presented by the University of New Hampshire Franklin Pierce School of Law. Now accepting applications for JD and graduate programs. Learn more and apply at law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire and UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. I'm your host, A.J. Kirstead, and today I'm joined by Professor Bill Murphy, Chair of our Commerce and Technology Graduate Programs. Welcome to the show. Thank you, A.J. Pleasure to be here. So blockchain, NFTs, cryptocurrencies have been big deal in uh, the economy the last couple of years, especially as Bitcoin really came to be a real mainstream explosion when it came, came to people investing and utilizing it. And then NFTs after that, just over the last, especially six months in the art and photography world, and then all sorts of investment things, and there's conferences around it. It, it really uh, got to a point where now the government's like, wait a second, we should probably consider what's going on with this and the implications of that. And uh, you brought up to me the fact that the uh, Uniform Commercial Code has been, they're looking at updating it in order to accommodate these new uh, technologies that are in the economy right now, uh, in that there were some amendments added to it that uh, you'd like to talk about today. Yeah, AJ, I think uh, you're absolutely right. The, the law usually lags a little bit behind, but this one's moved along fairly rapidly, I think, um, and I think may have surprise some people how quickly uh, uh, proposals have come out. This is a, a major amendment to the Uniform Commercial Code, and it came out of a joint committee between the uh, American Law Institute and the Uniform Law Commission, who's in charge of the uniform state laws. And, and this was what, 2019. For those two, for those two organizations, where do they live in the realm of our government or outside of our government? Well, they're, 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 the government people are involved in them, but these are academics. There's about 300 people involved in this particular effort. Um, practitioners, uh, people that have an interest in this. Um, some of them are lawyers. Some of them might be more business oriented. And what it is is the idea is that this is not law. It says a code. It's, it's not like, you know, the Roman code where that's the law. The Uniform Commercial Code is an aspiration. Now, luckily, it's been a successful aspiration. We have a state system, and most commercial law is state-driven. So we will have in New Hampshire um, our contract law that comes out of, let's say, Article 2 of the Commercial Code. So does every other state. We are free to make it different than what the Uniform Commercial Code is, but the the effort is to try to make it uniform. So it is an aspirational effort that oftentimes is very successful, like Article 9 of the Uniform Commercial Code, which deals with security interests, collateral and items, which is very important in this particular area, was um, pretty much adopted by everybody in the same way. Now, when the states start to diverge and have different ideas of what certain parts of the code should look like, that's usually when we get a, an effort to try to get it uniform again. And I think that's part of the impetus of what's going on here. What's an example of something in the code that, uh, that may, tries to make it more understandable for governments trying to make law and people work in the economy? Well, a lot of the problems with... Um, just give you some examples like 
we take some of the digital assets today, and maybe we should step back a, a second. Yeah. The Uniform Commercial Code tries to deal with almost everything we deal with in commerce in terms of transactions and so on. It Article 3 deals with um, checks and drafts and notes. So if you sign a promissory note or nowadays an electronic promissory note or you, you, you want to move money out of your banking account, Article 3, Article 4 with banking and 4A with electronic movement talks about that. If you want to have documents that you have to put in with your um, uh, international shipping, um, the documents of title, which we call bills of lading, that might go with your your, your goods. That's you know that's, that's Article Seven. Uh, Article Eight deals with investments, securities, and so on. Article Three deals with how do I get a security interest? Now, in how can I use those as collateral? And we want to have any valuable item that's out there in the in in society that's being used that has value in its personal property being covered by Article 9. Well, we had a problem. People had trouble figuring out how to get a security interest and perfect a security interest, which means I have priority over other people for these things like, you know, cryptocurrencies and non-fungible tokens. Both of those are tokens that live on blockchains for the most part. But we, we, we didn't have good ways of dealing with them because a lot of times we would talk about, oh, you perfect it by going to the, 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 the bank and having the bank you know, take your account. Well, there's no bank here. That's the point. Yeah. So how do you make it so that these assets, which clearly have value, people are making billions off of this, um, how do you make it so that the Uniform Commercial Code works with them? Do you, so... It a little bit off of that. I mean, I feel like, especially in the world of NFTs, it's traditionally been in the digital world, intellectual property focus around like design and things like that. A little bit uh, like video games with their skins, I mean, essentially are NFTs. Uh, has Is it with because it's shifted more into currency realm that this really drew, brought up the attention of, uh, of these organizations? Um, you, you you bring up two points. Currency is also important, mm -hmm. but perhaps not so much important for NFTs. The non-fungible tokens that live on um, nowadays blockchain, but it does not does not have to be blockchain. A lot of people think blockchain is the only type of distributed yeah. ledger technology out there, and it isn't. Right. Um, and the one nice thing about the way they wrote this code. It's written vaguely enough that it will cover future developments. They don't want to have to amend this again next year when somebody invents something else. Mm -hmm. But the idea here is that, you know, like an NFT really is a claim that tells you that I own something. Now, it could be, oh, yeah, it's a cartoon of baboons at the, at the yacht club. Um, not sure what the value is, but it has some value. People are paying for that. So how do I deal with that? Currency is another issue because the code always talked about you can use money that you have as a, as a, a collateral, but the way you would perfect the interest in that is the person would take possession of the money. Well, how do I take possession of a cryptocurrency? Yeah. You know, it, it, some of the stuff just didn't quite fit. Um, and we also talked about money in the code well, is that is virtual money the same? Um, what happens as we move towards central bank digital currency? Mm -hmm. 
when we really will have a government saying this is money. This this is regular money as opposed to, well, you know, some people say, you know, Bitcoin's money. Well, but, you know, you can't go spend it. It's not legal tender. It's it's a problem. But we got a couple countries now that have said, well, this these things are legal tender. So we were starting to have some problems around the edges and uncertainty is what we don't want. So these amendments and this is major amendments. I mean, every single part of the every article in the Uniform Commercial Code will have some amendment except for Article 6, which is about bulk sales. I mean, that's every other piece. And Article 9 has the most. And they also added a new article that we didn't have before. And it's Article 12, which I think is a little confusing because the last one we had before it was 9. You might go, what happened to 10 and 11? What happened was earlier on, we had amended Article 4 on bank to include electronic transfers. So we have 4A. And we also have in Article 2, a 2A, which dealt with additions we had to add regarding sales. So we, we essentially already had 11 articles. We just didn't number them sequentially. So I guess they just decided, well, this is the 12th one. So we'll call it Article 12. Um, so this will drive people crazy. And that'll be a story and a footnote for most lawyers. What, what happened to 10? What happened to 11? <laughs> or if anybody cites it, you know, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I mean, what exactly is this uh, Amendment 12 going to be covering? Well, this is interesting. Rather than them talking about the technology and the things we're talking about today, they could talk about tokens. They could have talked about fungible and non-fungible tokens living on blockchains. Instead, they focused on a new thing called controllable electronic records, Hmm. CERs. And this is the thing. And what this is, is, you know, it's it's a property rights in certain digital assets that are controllable in certain ways. And then why that's important. This is like having possession of the money. In the old days, it would be the, the bank would have control. Well, who has control? Who can have possession of these things? So we're talking about controllable electronic records. And so it gives three basic requirements that the person, they have to have the power to avail themselves substantially of all the benefits from that controllable electronic record. They must have the exclusive power to prevent others from availing themselves of substantially all the benefits and the exclusive power to transfer. And if you can satisfy those, and it's not going to say how you do it. So businesses can appear and will be appearing and they'll be trying to make sure that they allow this to happen so that then you can have a controllable electronic record that you can borrow money against. And a person giving that money can get a collateral security interest in that controllable electronic record. So how do, so I guess the big question for me is what's the, how do they enforce it? Like they, they have the, having the ability to avail it. Like, is it a matter of a contract? It does it have to be digital security of some form encryption or is it very, is it just very, very vague? It's, it's, it is vague, purposely vague, mm-hmm. but also the first thing we have to do is we, we're, we're away from that. All we have is a proposed amendments, right? We have to get the states to adopt it. And we're going to go through a period of time where 
Some states might adopt it. Some states may not. We're going to have law that's not consistent. We're going to have something that might be okay to do in you know, some state that's passed the amendments. It might be okay to do something in some other state. Like we have some states and part of the impetus for them to get going on this is there are states starting to change the uniform commercial code in their state. It was becoming ununiform. Mm -hmm. Wyoming and Nebraska passed essentially things that look a little bit like this. Um, they wanted to encourage businesses to provide these services. Now, we don't want to, you know, we want to be technology neutral. We want to be creative and okay. You know, so what's substantially all? Well, lawyers can fight about that. Uh, but at least we, we're telling you what it needs to be. And people will compete just like we competed for the best corporate law with states. States will, you know, uh, you know, companies will try to come up with better ways of doing this. But it will free up those assets to be collateralized. And getting loans against illiquid assets is very important. Yeah, allowing the, especially you're just saying about allowing competition is very important because I feel like many lawmakers, they may not necessarily understand the very complex nature of uh, blockchains and cryptocurrencies might accidentally say like, okay, Bitcoin is it. And meanwhile, no, Bitcoin is only one digital currency and only one way of utilizing blockchain technologies. Yeah, and also it, it, it uses, yeah, it, it, I think that is a, a real problem, you know, that we really, a lot of people are going to go, oh, the only thing I've heard is is bad stuff. It's It's yeah. been hacked. It's It's silly, you know, cartoons. This really doesn't have any value. Uh, let's just look at uh, non-fungible tokens. This really has the ability to give very good um, chain of title on ownership. And one of the things I'm working with on another professor is, you know, making electronic bills of lading, which was a problem. But NFTs with the right type of distributed ledger technology would be very good at doing this. Mm -hmm. um, so the technology now has finally arrived that allows us to be able to satisfy some of this. And this would fit in this. And so somebody who's got, you know, goods transporting across the Atlantic or Pacific and wants to get a security interest in them because I want to buy them, but I don't have enough money. I now can, because it would be a controllable electronic record, I might be able to do that and get a priority in my security interest because I took control and control gets, will get priority over a file. So that's, you know, just that alone is going to free up a lot of interesting things. Now, a lot of people also think, oh, this mining problem and all this, um, you know, a lot of these controllable electronic records are going to be done other ways. It's not going to be cryptocurrencies. Right. It's going to be, for the most part, probably other types of records and documents. Um, and I think just my prediction will be as soon as our federal government, any federal government comes out with, you know, central bank digital currency, it blows away a lot of the the, the other currencies because you got the you got the governments behind it. You don't have to worry it's going to go out of business like some of the people have discovered with some of their safe coins and so on. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, th this really does make this normal. And it's a recognition that this is part of the normal process Yes, some people are using it for speculation and things that you would wonder, why is this valuable? But there are a lot of really good things that the technology can be used for that I think will be 
uh, coming down the pike. This might be a separate tangent, but does this help um, enforce the independence of or the ability for people to create cryptocurrencies to uh, for buying and selling in commerce and such? It bar protecting them from the government saying no, you can't do that. Like we're we're normalizing that. Yes, we can have these currencies on the market. Um, I, I, this only controls really how it fits in with the normal, you know, things like particularly Article 9, getting a security interest in the value of the cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. There's no question Bitcoin has value now. Right. Uniform commercial code is not going to say whether it should have value or not have value. Um, But if somebody wants to lend you money on it and then wants to take um, a security interest in your 2000 Bitcoin, now it'll be easier for them to do that. Just as, you know, if let's say we were back in Holland and, you know, you had, I have 40,000 tulip bulbs, we we're going to let you get a security interest. We'll tell you how to do it. We're not going to tell you if they're worth anything, um, but at least we'll allow businesses to appear. And this is how they have to operate. And they will operate that way. And I think that we're going to see that. I think we're going to see a, a, more of a movement towards different type of verification systems, ones that do not use proof of work, which is the one that uses all the electricity. We already see Ethereum's branched off into um, you know, proof of share. And, and I think we're going to see other types. And some of these are going to be closed. Like, let's say the bill of lading one is not all of us are going to be accessing this thing, yeah. but it could be you know, somebody, the shipping country, somebody in the buying country, somebody in the bank, you know, somebody at the ship, the shipping company itself, and they'll all be communicating and, and, and they'll all be looking at that, that chain, perhaps, you know, that blockchain. Um, but it won't be an, a totally open per, permission free. Anybody can join in system and it won't be do, doing verification by mining the way we do it now. Last minute and a half here. Uh, what will the people that support the Uniform Commercial Code do to make sure states start getting into this? Like, what is there a carrot and stick mechanism or something like that to kind of encourage it? Um, a lot of times, there will be people in each state that are behind this. I think that the biggest carrot will be no state wants to miss out on a, a appearing business. And I think that all of them do see that this is something that's coming, um, whether or not they like blockchain or they don't understand it or they don't like Bitcoin. Um, there are good uses for this in the commercial world. And this is just part of making it more usable. This doesn't say they're valuable or not valuable. It doesn't say whether or not they're investments or not, but it does have some definitions of what's money and what's not and so on so that it fits in with our current way of giving and dealing with um, giving security interests in and, and dealing with tangible personal property. Now we'll deal with this intangible personal property and get it into the system. Professor Bill Murphy, Chair of the Commerce and Technology Graduate Programs here at UNH Franklin Pierce. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, AJ. Thanks for listening to The Legal Impact, presented by UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. To help spread word about the show, please be sure to subscribe and comment on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Get the back episodes of the show and podcast links at law.unh.edu slash podcast.